minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi, hello, sports fans. Welcome to the newest episode of Minus Three, presented as always by FanDuel Sportsbook. Tune in all season long for exclusive offers and odds boosts. FanDuel, more ways to win. And while you're doing it, you may as well do it the right way. Go the extra mile. Help your pals out here at Minus Three. Bet it at FanDuel.com slash Minus Three. That's the word, minus the number three. And, of course, follow along at Minus Three Pod on the Twitter machine and spread the good word. Download, subscribe, tell your pals, tell your family, all the rest of it. It's uh, it's really been a uh, tremendous time. I think we can all agree Minus Three, a good one. Just a couple of days ago with our pals, Matt Money Smith, voice of the Los Angeles Chargers and handsome Hank Hodgson, Dolphins guy, Eddie Spaghetti and me, chopping up the NFL draft that was... Um, Good times there, I think, for Kevin Hench and his New England Patriots fans because they got Mac Jones falling in their lap as though not since Super Bowl 49's final minute when Bill Belichick got a lot of undeserved praise for getting in the head of Pete Carroll, which, of course, he didn't. He just panicked himself and should have called a timeout and didn't and then got that credit because Malcolm Butler intercepted Russell Wilson. Now again... Bill Belichick, what a genius. He knew how this was going to break, and he let Mac Jones fall all the way right into his trap. Um, Also, we have uh, the Sixers rolling in the NBA, holding off the Nets and Bucks just at the right time. As we predicted, uh, the uh, bizarro April has now given way to the cold, hard reality of May in the AL East. The Yanks have more or less caught the Red Sox, so they're right there. Pirates have assumed their rightful place at the bottom of the NL Central. Phillies and uh, Metropolitans battling out. So much to talk about, including the one guy we can all agree on. We can all come together and hate together. Tom Wilson. Hench, what's the poop, fella? Oh, man, so so excited about that Pats draft, obviously. Uh, you know, you know, I'm on the record how I feel about Cam Newton. Uh, I don't think your team's a contender if he's the quarterback. And so wanted, you know, obviously wanted one of the big five to fall to the Patriots, was willing to give up capital to climb as high as we needed to to get into that top five uh, quarterbacks. And then... Uh, then, and then the guy that Kyle Shanahan momentarily wanted at three uh, fell to the Pats at 15, and they didn't have to give up anything. And then they they get Barmore uh, in the second round. Uh, and, and it really fits Belichick's scheme, obviously. And and so you know, I, I know you you know it's the combine and it's this physical attributes, but like what what more of a test can you have than? dominated everyone in the SEC and blew out the other team in the national championship game. Like, I don't know. Like, oh, wow. Look at this, Eddie Spaghetti. He's all set now all of a sudden. Mac Jones is the guy. Look at this. Kevin Hedge. It's funny. In the meantime, go on FanDuel, and you'll see that the Patriots have uh, have assumed the third position in terms of divisional odds. They're looking up at the Bills. No surprise there. The Dolphins, though, it feels to me like Straight up in the AFC East. Listen, we have so much to talk about. We have, we're have we coming down to the last couple of games here in the NHL East Division and otherwise. But I know football is king, and so let's react to the draft here. The Dolphins got better than the Patriots did, and I think the Jets did too. Do you disagree with that? 
Oh, it makes me sick that the Jets got Elijah Moore. I, you know, like there, there were so many teams that could have snatched him up. Like, why not? Hey, hey, Tampa Bay Bucks, why not grab that burner for Tom Brady at thirty-two? How how does Elijah Moore fall to the second round? Uh, yeah, so the 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 Jets did great. That's a bummer. The Bills are great. Uh, the Dolphins are doing it exactly right. We're now relying on Tua to not be very good. That's the new, that's the plan now. Please don't be good, Tua, even with all these weapons. Uh, and and so, yeah, it, it's, I'm not saying it's going to be a return to two decades of dominance in the AFC East. I'm just saying maybe we have a quarterback now who won't one-hop receivers who, in fairness, weren't open to begin with. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I, I'm not booking tickets to the Super Bowl, I'm just excited that we have a quarterback who threw 45 touchdowns and four picks. You know, it occurs to me suddenly um, that, you know, yeah, the Steelers got in the first round, they got uh, Mac Jones's pal who stood behind him, Najee Harris, and a lot of people don't like that. Everybody does like that the Steelers took a fat punter in Presley Harvin three uh, with the seventh pick. Uh, but I wonder, here's here's a potential hot take, and who better to answer it than Eddie Spaghetti? It occurs to me, Hench, that maybe the best chance of the three of us of our team winning a division might be Eddie Spaghetti's Giants. I mean, there's, there's not much of a case to be made, although they did win the division last year and started out 11-0. and 0. I guess it's not that insane, even though the odds say otherwise, that um, that the Steelers have a shot in the AFC North. But maybe... The gents, how say you, Eddie Spaghetti? Do you think that's realistic, or did the Cowboys, with Micah Parsons and company, stretch with the re-signing of Dak, or, or is that reasonable to expect to catch that team? I think it's. I think it's very reasonable. I mean, if you're comparing the Dallas Cowboys to the the Giants, the Giants clearly have a better defense, and I think we've spoken about this. I'm not sure if it was off air on the previous shows, Shaq, but I said like. You know, Sean Lee retires. They didn't pick up the option late in Vanderash. Like, there are certainly holes in the Dallas defense. Obviously, Dak, the supreme quarterback in the entire division, he is the guy. The Giants season's up to Dalen Jones. They gave him a bunch of weapons. They said, all right, we're going to give you Kyle Rudolph to help out the blocking situation, maybe free up Evan Ingram. We're going to give you Kadarius Tony in the draft, who's going to be a really, really good slot guy, kind of a hybrid player like a Percy Harvin type. They signed Kenny Galladay. It's his time to shine, his time to show his worth. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, it's definitely within reach. I, I don't really think the Eagles or Washington will be in the mix at all for the division. I think it's really just a two two team race. Where are we? Year four now for Saquon? This is going into year four for him. I mean, obviously, it, it it's significantly delayed, but if he pops finally, then... Um, oh, you know. oh, he'll pop. He'll pop, especially if he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> Something will pop. Probably <laughs> in, in the knee area. Yeah, right. Yeah, so. Probably my entire fantasy season will pop when he breaks a tackle and goes down in a heap. And by the way, the catastrophic injury... As you remember from one of your incredible championship runs, you know, ankle injuries too. Like, I don't think his body can survive his raw power and speed. Like, you know how Hmm. uh, at the 20, at the 24 hour of Le Mans, the whole engineering test was how long can you go this fast before the car breaks? It wasn't, it's not a sprint, obviously. And and Saquon breaks at 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 the the combination of size, speed, and power 
his body, it, it's like when it, it's like re-entering Earth's atmosphere, it disintegrates. So I, I wouldn't count on Saquon getting 300 carries as part of the Giants winning the division. Well, um, all of a sudden, too, for Saquon, you might hold him up as comeback player of the year, coming back from what? I'm not sure. A good college career. But um, actually, he did have a good, uh, what, second season, was it, Spaghetti? He helped uh, the Cool Cats win a... Uh, another fantasy championship late when he came back from his knee when he came back help, yeah might help my team win the the title like in clutch time that's when uh, that's what the cool cats look for we look for the clutch guys and uh, we know we're gonna deliver in uh, the postseason but all of a sudden now saquon looking for that comeback player of the year challenged by tim tebow potentially down in jacksonville coming back what a ridiculous mess a former patriots quarterback uh, to the new one mac jones plus 950 in the rookie of the year odds let's uh, start it off there Kevin Hench, tell us your best bets going into this weekend. All right, so so my best bet for the weekend is is this harsh reality that the Celtics are soft, and this game Sunday against the Heat uh, will will prove it once and for all. Take the Heat. The Celtics, you know, it's occurred to me during this this COVID nightmare. That when you when you look at the teams, I haven't heard about that. What's that? Oh no, no, I do. I do. No, I have. When you when you look at the teams that have prevailed, right? So LeBron James and the Lakers win the NBA championship. Tom Brady and the Patriots. I mean, oh God, that was a that was a spasm. That was a Freudian slip. Tom Brady and the Bucks win the NFL uh, championship. And you look at Brady and LeBron, and they're they're psychopaths. They literally play as hard every possession in practice. In the regular season, like they, there's no, they don't go like, oh, it matters now, so I'm going to try hard. And th- they're obviously, you know, I mean, there've been guys all throughout history, Michael Jordan, Cal Ripken, these guys who just play their hardest on every play, and it's a skill to be able to do that. Most guys are not like that. Most of us are like Allen Iverson, like, yeah, it's practice. Who gives a shit? Uh, I'm not going to guard my guy. And one thing that's I've watched these Celtics way too much this year. And I, I think when there are no fans and you're just in this extended scrimmage vibe, you're just in this endless scrimmage. Like there are no, like it's so it's quiet, the sneakers are squeaking. Playing defense without 20,000 witnesses is on you. You, you. you have to decide I'm gonna fight through the screen and close out Damian Lillard or or um Norman Powell. And or CJ McCollum and the and the Celtics were playing the Blazers last week. Their bench hit their first thir- the, the Celtics bench hit its first 13 shots, including seven or eight threes from Fournier and Pritchard. And they were down five because they can't guard anybody. And the reason they can't guard anybody is because their stars don't fight through screens. And the reason their stars don't fight through screens is because it's a goddamn scrimmage. No one, and I feel like the the handful of fans is worse than no fans. The handful of fans says, "Oh, this must be a game between two lottery teams." I, like like it's 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 like that empty that the empty state the empty arena better than the two thousand fans. Wow, we must suck. Let's play like it. So the heartless, gutless Celtics lose constantly to teams they should beat, and and I'm convinced. It's it's because and and listen, this is a team that used to get down on the stool and defend, and they would go on these crazy runs to close out games. The fans would go nuts, and they would feed off it. And 
And now it's just like, I, I mean, I love Jalen Brown. I love this guy. And I'm watching him jog around screens and I'm like, yeah, that's me and Sheck on the blue top. Like, actually, that is what separated me from you guys is I'm a psychopath. What, work play, ethic? Play, that was what separated us? But, uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So, so, uh, so uh, take go ahead and take the heat on Sunday to just kind of, like, it's a play-in for the play-in. And, and the, the heat have uh, a more desire, that as everyone does, than the Celtics. Then this is like... It's tricky coming down the, the home stretch here. So wait, so the, we're good with Brad Stevens still or what? Isn't that Brad on Brad Stevens, Stevens? Brad Stevens coaches like, by the way, if Popovich coached the Celtics, somebody would be dead. Probably Popovich, probably Popovich in fairness, but but it, it, Popovich doesn't, like, would not accept the way the Celtics don't fight through screens. He would lose his fucking mind. Clipboards would be broken over people's heads and Brad Stevens coaches like he's got a $10 million a year offer from Indiana. He coaches like, Oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to improve my quality of life. You're, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to banish me to Bloomington for $10 million a year where the guys play defense. Oh no. Oh no. Don't fire me. Uh, I'll have to go coach college kids who try who, you know, who aren't set for life. You know, he 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 barely gives a shit himself. It, it, it's a reflection. It matches the, the effort on the the effort on the court matches his mild consternation at the fact that his team doesn't defend at all. You okay. know what he's gonna do? But you know what he's gonna do? Here's my prediction. I'm not backing off this. I'm doubling down. Most most mortal men would uh, would crawl away in shame after the way I humiliated myself with Brad Stevens to to Indiana um, on on a, a public stage. I'm gonna double down. I think what the Hoosiers have done is cagey with Woodson bringing him in. You can part ways with with uh, Mike Woodson after even a season, but more likely two. I scoffed when I heard that a couple of months ago when somebody said like. Well, they could get a transitional guy and then get Brad Stevens when the timing works out a little bit better in a year or three. I now predict that that is exactly what's going to happen. And do we think, Dr. Roy, as much as we talk about, we talked to Brian Scalabrini about that uh, on Extra Points, Sal and I did uh, about a month ago, and he said exactly what you and I said, Hench, which is, do you think a guy wants to be going into the living rooms of 17-year-olds and and uh, on the on the trail like that, that it would be the detriment of being a college coach. But do you think like guys like Dr. Roy and, you know, the 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 tenured head coaches, they're not doing that. That's for their assistance anyway. I think Brad Stevens will fail up and uh, take that position. That's that's a long play for you out there. Anyway, go ahead, Hench. Uh, like your Mac Jones plus 950 to win rookie of the year. First, he has to get on the field that, that he's that he's going to. OK, next pick. It's very hard to handicap these end of season NHL games when teams are like trying not to get hurt, which obviously means try to avoid Tom Wilson, whose purpose in life is to hurt colleagues. You're in a union with these guys. You should have some respect for their livelihood. But, you know, Tom Wilson's not a human being. So, of course, he just goes out and tries to maim people and then gets fined $5,000. Wow. Anyway. Uh, Devils Isles Saturday, the Devils play hard. It's, it's an interesting, like they're, they're not very good, 
but I, I think the, the Isles have been uh, uh, sucking wind here a little bit on the home the way to the finish line. And the, and the Islanders would very much like this regular season to be over. And so you, you're going to catch a good number, probably plus 200, plus 250 on Saturday for a team that's trying its hardest against a team that's trying not to get hurt. So well, and let I, me interrupt. Go go ahead there. Yeah, finish well, up. Well, I just say I think the Devils are are a good value in that in that matchup. Um, I agree with you. And according to Mikey Meatballs, at least the Isles have kind of taken their foot off the gas to rest up in time for the playoffs. That balance is weird. We've seen that in any any number of sports and situations where a team tries to rest up during games. In fact, even uh, Sidney Crosby, you could kind of accuse. I mean, listen, it's not an accusation. These NHL guys have been playing essentially every 48 hours for the last few months. Of course, they're gassed a little bit and they're trying to spare their lungs and otherwise um, uh, periodically during some shifts there. So, yeah, I'm with you about that. And specifically with those devils, I know things don't look rosy, but I kind of think if you look close beyond Jack Hughes, man, and and Miles Wood is is a nice piece and uh Sharon Govich is a revelation. Um I like that uh, I like that Devils team more than I think some people probably some Devils fans do. That's a good pick there. You know what? Let's do Tom Wilson now though, Hench. Let's Wait, wait, wait. Let me just throw out my Go third ahead. Do pick. your do your and, uh, sorry, right, sorry. I uh Saturday, I this will be all part of my uh spring and summer and fall long eating crow on the Yankees. Uh Saturday Take Corey Kluber over Max Scherzer in the Bronx. Uh, I know I, 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 it was against the lowly Tigers, but Kluber's two-hitter, he he looked like Kluber. Like, it was terrifying for a Red Sox fan. And obviously, the Yankees are swinging the bats again, slapping slapping the Astros around. Um, so I, I take Kluber over Scherzer in a nice marquee matchup uh, in the Bronx on Saturday. Uh, and I'll redeem myself hopefully this weekend after my my catastrophic draft picks. Um, more crow eating to come on this episode. Yeah, that wasn't uh, that wasn't uh, your best. But listen, you stuck your neck out there, so that's uh, that's fine with me. Eddie Spaghetti, you go ahead now. Your best bets for this coming weekend. Sure, I want to throw a couple things at you guys here. I'll stick with the Yankees though, because Hench just brought him up, and I got to say, since Jay Bruce retired, best record in baseball. Uh, John Carlos Stanton, uh, I know he's been batting second. Was it that or he- Gary Sanchez's benching? Which one had more influence over it, uh, Spaghetti? I think I think what happens is the Yankees clubhouse was playing minus three, and they heard Hench, and they're like, guys, we've got to turn this around. John Carlos said, you know, give me my bat. I'm going to bat second now. And he has an 11-game hit streak, I believe, it's going on. He has, like, three hits in five of his last six games. He's having a – like, when you're betting this game, I the game I actually like – uh, the Yankees are playing the, the Nationals. They have Corbin versus uh, Tyone. Tyone, I think, in all but one of his starts this year, has at least struck out five guys. That is super encouraging for a guy, obviously, coming off of some arm uh, issues and stuff. So I like him and that one. The Yankees to win that game. But also bet the player props. Not only uh, John Carlo with at least one hit, but you could bet a multi-hit game on him. Not sure what the number will be for that game, but I, I like him in that one because he's been really, really streaky. He'll come back down to earth, but for the time being, I think ride ride this uh, stand wave here. Um, quickly, the, the, by the, the way, are- the earth, the earth is where your pitches should hit. If you want to get Giancarlo Stanton out, your pitches should come down to earth. They should hit the dirt. 
I, people throw 0-2 fastballs down the middle to this guy and he hits them 500 feet. It's like, you can bounce the ball in the left-handed batter's box and he will swing at it. Is there no video on Giancarlo Stanton? Why are guys throwing him strikes? He's crushing the ball. Uh, walk him. By the it's way, very platinum, funny. Some, it, platinum sombrero for Aaron Judge uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, while Judge was uh, striking out, John uh, Carl took it over and was, was smashing the ball. That's a great point, actually, what you said, Hench, too, because John Carlson himself said he's just been cashing in on pitchers of really, really bad mistakes. Um, and, you know, we see what happens when he gets a hold of Ooh, one. It goes really, really wow, far. Wow, little patronizing right there. You got the most patronizing adverb in the English dictionary there, Hench, by Eddie Spaghetti. He actually you. Hey, that's a good point, actually. That's well, I'm just that, I'm just reading a quote, reading a quote. I'm adding to his his point. Which well, when is, you yes, say he actually, will strike out. It, but actually indicates surprise. Like, whoa, good point by Kevin Hench. Well, he actually, you know what? The, this guy actually said something of value. You know, the problem though, this is the problem, and I and I I sympathize for guys who are trying, even trying. I don't think Eddie was trying to insult. I was me, not. I no, was he was. Right. Right. Well, okay. I, I feel bad for guys that are trying to insult me like because i'm so impervious it's like it's like um hey hench you suck hey man thanks a lot thanks for being a fan you know i like no 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 you're <laughs> fucking terrible you're terrible all right high five i like i'm like so i don't know what it is but i'm like i i'm just like uh, or if somebody says you know makes a valid criticism of me i'm like you know what i'll work on it I work, but I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm nothing fucking dents me. Nothing dents me. Like I'm so envious of that. Yeah, Although I, yeah. I, in my life, I've done, uh, I've done the, uh, the jerk list, and I've done the shame report. So random people, as I walk down the streets, have periodically come up to me and just said jerk or shame, and uh, it's very weird out of context. But anyway, continue, spaghetti. Uh, sorry, spaghetti. No, no problem at all. I'm going to get to uh, the teams in MSG now, and these are both uh, fades. The Rangers, we'll talk about them a little bit coming up, but they called up three guys from the Wolfpack from the AHL. And let's just say these aren't the prospects that you're excited to see. There are guys that they just want to get some ice time. Uh, the, the series versus the Bruins, the Rangers given uh, getting a goal and a half. I don't like that. Let the Bruins you know, give the goal and a half. That's the bet to make. The Rangers are kind of, I mean, I don't even know what word to use to describe the, the ending of the season for the Rangers, but let's just go with the Bruins because the Rangers are, are totally out of it. And the other team that plays in the Garden, the Knicks, they're in fourth place in the East. They probably are the fourth best team in the East. There's a gap between them and the top three. There's also a massive gap between them and the teams in the West, and we just saw that with the Denver Nuggets. They're on the road in Phoenix. Phoenix is really, really good against the spread. The Knicks are too, but Phoenix is going to – they're going to house them at home. So I don't like the Knicks in that one at all. And I'm going to give another bonus pick. We talked about Rookie of the Year a little bit. Really, really, really good odds. Let me pull them up to get them exactly. Uh, the two guys I really like, Jalen Waddell. He's plus 1,700 to win Rookie of the Year. And I understand he's a receiver and people don't you know, trust Tua Tagovailoa right now. When they were together in Alabama for the two seasons, 78 catches, 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns with Tua. Uh, everyone loves that that fit. He's an explosive guy. I said it once already. If he does not get hurt, we are not talking about Devontae Smith whatsoever. Uh, so I love uh, Jalen Waddle there. And the other guy, and this you may call me biased, but Kadarius Tony plus 6,000. I mean, 
he's going to be, I think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns. If he wins this award, it'll be because his touchdown volume. He's not only playing slot receiver. He will be a guy you'll see in the wildcat packages by the, 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 by the goal line. They're going to try to get him the ball in his hands as much as possible because he has four, three speed, but also he's built like a running back. He's, I believe had over 40 broken tackles on around like 120 plus career catches. That's a really, really crazy ratio. He's a strong guy for his size. And, you know, maybe people keep calling him Percy Harvin, but I think he's more of like a Tyree kill too. 2.0 uh, kind of build and frame. So I, I'm really excited for him. And I think for, you know, you want to give Daniel Jones a safety blanket. I think this is the guy. I think his touchdown volume could, you know, vault him into that category. But Jalen Waddle, I really do think, has a leg- legitimate chance of winning this award. So those are my uh, my futures bet uh, for NFL Rookie of the Year. I'll tell you what. We have many months now to figure out who's going to win these NFL divisions. And that's why the NFL draft is the ultimate in uh, the place to the um, the 21st century narcissism of all of us now, because everybody issuing their draft grades, that was a great pick. That was a terrible pick. Everybody is right for at least the next four months. So congratulations on the NFL draft, everybody. But I really don't know what's going to change in the NFC East between now and the start of the season. I, the, every, it feels like there's a lot of momentum behind Dak's Cowboys and it ignores it's not a small matter they were one and three when Dak went out I don't know exactly I know Micah Parsons in but Sean Lee out I know that's not a perfect swap but it's not like the Cowboys have exactly fixed that defense which was just absolute garbage I uh, you're, the you're important thing is I will there. bet no matter where it's where it ends up I will bet the Cowboys over win total and loose that is an annual tradition I'll <laughs> I'll look at those pieces and go, oh my God, this seems going 13 and three. Oh, and, win and totals are going to be fun. I, I lo- you want, you, you want uh, a, a good future? How about the uh, Ravens under 11 this year? I, I, I mean, the, the, that that's what we're going to, tough. That's We're going to so have to figure, hey, you know, I don't know what the what what the Bungles are going to be in year two of Joe Burrow if Burrow is a hundred. I, I know everybody decided he's definitely the real deal. Let's see. Um, but man, that they they are almost interesting too. Like I always say, you can make a case for every single NFL team making the playoffs this side of the Houston Texans right now. You could pretty much um, get optimistic. That's the beauty of pro football in All the twenty first right. century. How now, about go ahead. okay, okay? So just humor me for this scenario. You're in Vegas. You've you've taken you've taken my Alabama under five and a half first round picks lock you've taken that bet now you're you're playing blackjack you've had a few drinks you're you're not sitting there like a fucking loser watching every pick on the t- you know like oh my god he's he's walking by the barca lounger he's gonna say a name it's so like you're a human being who's having fun in las vegas and you've got a ticket that's gonna cash when bama doesn't take over five and a half players in the first round then you're like wandering into the sports book. You got a, you got action on a few different things. And then you look up at the ticker and you see it go by and it says Barmore went 36 and Dickerson went 37. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to go up to the window and collect my fucking winnings on this lock bet that Hench gave me because it's a guarantee. Barmore went 36 and Dickerson went 37th. I, I've obviously won my bet. You go up, you're going to cash your ticket. And then the lady at the window is... She's, there's a key to this story. She's a big Raiders fan, right? Oh. And she goes, she goes, uh, what's the local team? You know, it's not, it's not, it's not out of the question, right? So she says, 
She goes, oh, no, no, this ticket's a loser. And you're like, that's impossible. Uh-huh. I just saw the t- ticker. Barmore went 36, Dickerson went 37. She's like, oh, no, no, no. The local geniuses, Mayock and Gruden, they took Alex Leatherwood at 17. Oh, I know she knows this, by the way. She's like, oh, I know he would have been available at 46. I know we could have, I know we could have gotten him. I know we could have traded out. I know we could have gotten more value. But these fucking geniuses took Alex Leatherwood at 17. You're looking at your ticket like, you got to be fucking kidding me. This guy who had a 60% chance of being available at 46 got taken with the 17th pick and this ticket's no good. And Hench looks like a jackass. Mm-hmm. That's on Hench. No, no, that's on Gruden and Mayock, who obviously, if you if that's your fucking guy, take him at 40. Like trade, like get some capital. You know, you you just it's like he might, maybe he's John Hanna. That still doesn't make it a good pick because you could have had him so much later and gotten two-thirds in 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 2022. So like when that that bet lost I was like you got to be kidding me that you're taking a guy 29 spots early and then and then and doing that thing like hey hey it's the Raiders you never know what they're up to yeah we do know what they're up to they're they're non-competitive in their division as a result of their shitty picks that was a great recreation of when Kevin Hench met his wife that was really nice. I, that was a, a fun walk down memory lane. Did she take the ticket and be like, you know what? I get it with Gruden and Mayock. You know what? This yeah. one's between. And she stuffed it into her yeah. bra. We'll keep no, this no, one she, between I, you and me. No, hon. no, no. She she actually, she paid it out and said, the Desert Inn has heart. The Desert Inn has heart. <laughs> now, uh, I, it's exactly right. They do draft like uh, your teammate or your uh, your co-owner in our fantasy league dan dratch he gets he's a big pool boy when, when we when i was in college we had a one of uh, one of uh, our pals he was a pool boy where women were concerned like if he met a girl and he wanted to go out and she said she'll go out and they had one nice date or whatever they they went out once he was he would dive in head first into that pool. He wouldn't even check if there was water in, and often he got badly hurt as a result of that. That's why we called him Pool Boy. This is what Dratch does. He hears a name, he reads about a name like this guy has a chance. Kenneth Gainwell has a chance of playing a lot. Like, gotta get him, gotta spend top dollar on him. Like, just cause his name's out there as a possible guy who's gonna break out doesn't mean you have to break the bank to get him. This is the same mistake. Mayock and Dratch, uh, are uh, are do- are doppelgangers, I guess philosophically. Well, and 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 I and I suffer. I learned that lesson by watching David Montgomery never get that's back who to it was. I scrimmage <laughs> for for an entire <laughs> season. Was. Oh my god! Oh, listen. But the thing is, at least okay. At least in an auction draft, there's someone else bidding one dollar less than you. I mean, in an auction draft, you can only look so dumb unless the bid is twenty eight and you say fifty. Right. If you just go, if you go 29, you're only $1 dumber than the other person bidding. But what, what Mayock and Gruden are doing is a snake draft where they go, um, you know what? I, I, I like Kittle and I'm going to take him second overall. And you're like, well, I mean, he's excellent, but what the fuck are you doing? Like, it's like you're, you're, you're drafting a guy that you could get coming back. I, I, you know, so, I mean, the Leatherwood thing, I don't know, Raider fans, and and they're a passionate lot, 
uh, they must know you're already doomed with Mahomes. You may soon be double doomed with Rodgers. And if your plan uh, for going into battle six times a year with Herbert, Rodgers, and Mahomes is going to be Alex Leatherwood at 17. Boom. Eat it. What? And then we hear that Rodgers is perhaps interested in the Raiders and what that would mean for Derek Carr, I'm not sure. But then Derek Carr, you know, then it becomes interesting. You know, I was talking with Sal about uh, this on Extra Points, and I say it to you fellas now too, is um, the thing with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, I kind of... the. I keep going through this, and first of all, as I've said uh, ad nauseum now, there's got to be some sort of a deal in place. Why would the Broncos have passed on Justin Fields and Mac Jones to take a cornerback in the division that you just described, Hench? Of course, that doesn't make any sense on face. I have to think they think they're getting Aaron Rodgers, the Broncos. There must be something. But the downside to this is that for all the Packers front office posturing and we'll let him sit, we'll let Aaron Rodgers sit, is I think that they kind of are scared about the prospect of Jordan Love playing in September. Because if he stinks, then it just lays bare how badly they screwed this up. It's like, wait, you chased off the reigning MVP? Um, and as I, as I another thing we've talked about is you don't need to reach. You don't need to plot your quarterback future five years into the future in, in, in this day and age. It ain't 1974 anymore where you put a guy at uh, the incumbent's knee for for uh, three to five years before he ever takes an NFL snap. So that was ridiculous. The other side is just uh, for the Steelers fan, I think for all the cynicism you hear about Najee Harris, this is all about when people talk about value, again, just to point it out, when you hear the analytics people say the value isn't there for the position of running back in the first round, what they're talking about almost entirely, of course, the rate of injury is greater at that position than than at any other. And so that's a legitimate risk, witness uh, Saquon and otherwise. But um, what they're talking about is, whether or not that position re-signs a second contract with the team that drafted them. It doesn't matter to me at this, in, in 2021, if you tell me now Najee Harris is going to do basically what Levy and Bell did during his time in Pittsburgh, well, then that's a successful draft pick without the holdout at the end of it. We don't, we don't need uh, the acrimony at the end of it. Quickly, let me give you my uh, best bets here. I'm going to go with, you mentioned those Bruins, and I completely get it. It's very weird. I got over my skis at the start of this week, Hench, by, with a three-team parlay in the East Division. I said all the teams playing for something against the teams that are playing for nothing. All will win. Go three-way parlay. And I was, I was uh, humiliated for that because of exactly what you're talking about. Like they're trying to pace themselves out with the, with the big tournament about to start the good teams and the bad teams are bringing up young and hungry guys. And so that balance can get weird. However, specifically Thursday night, I'm starting it off with this one, the Bruins, especially after losing in overtime to the devils have to be embarrassed. They gave away a point there. They make it right against the Blue Shirts, who just played on Wednesday night, obviously, and it was emotional and the James Dolan and all that kind of stuff. They're not focused on the matter at hand. The Bruins surely are now, so much so, I say take them plus two and a half goals 
already it's down to plus 161 already. So I mean, that, that's how uh, that's how FanDuel sees it. I think you should get on that plus 161 for the Bruins to uh, win by two and a half goals there against the Rangers on Thursday night. Um, I will also say point. They're not going to win by two and a half goals. You that really I don't think so? <laughs> They'll win by three, maybe. No, no, no. Yeah, right. You're right. Good point. Good point. It you've been should, talking you to that be, Vegas, uh, that uh, lady in Vegas again. You huh? should be getting more, more value if you if they have to win by two and a half plus plus one sixty one. Not enough. Um, All right. Well, I, what's I, next? Let's, I think I think America. I think the world, much like Tom Wilson, it'd be cool if uh, Marshan's uh, goals only counted for a half. He's a creep. He deserves some punishment on on the human level for that. I'm going to say Malkin gets it going here in front of the playoffs for the Pittsburgh Penguins. If you want to kick this one to the second game against the Sabers, that's fine with me because I do think that uh, even if he gets one on Thursday night, he is uh, as streaky as it gets. So I think you'd be safe even if he does get a goal on Thursday night to play to run it back. Right now, he's at plus 230 to get a goal. And another guy who is streaky as all get out hasn't scored a goal. I'm going to go against this cold snap for Jared McCann um, for the Pittsburgh Penguins right now at plus 182 to get a goal. Um, look for him to try and get it rolling here in front of the playoffs, too. Those are my best bets as we go into the weekend. I want to talk about Tom Wilson, Hench. I want to talk about who you, me, and Spaghetti, we got to figure out. Who we're betting on, FanDuel is going to boost a bet for us in the East Division. Now all we have to figure out is who we riding with here. Quickly, though, it came up with Sal, and I meant to ask you, he has three boys. Um, and, you know, girls are such a delight. I think, you know, it's a, you know it's a, there's a, a positives and negatives, of course. But it came up around Tim Tebow and the, the, the jive about that people always say with him, like, hey, any father would be thrilled if their daughter brought this young man home. Like, not if you're Muslim or atheist, you probably wouldn't be that excited about it. The guy who can't keep Jesus out of his mouth for more than two straight sentences, this is a dream come true for any father. Um, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know about that, but I was thinking about, people always do that thing. Do you, I, I can't imagine that you're so square that you've ever gone with the joke that so many fathers do about, like, my daughter is not dating until she's 42 if she's lucky. You've never made that joke, correct? Uh, no. Um, that's a little on the young side. Uh, are you one of those guys? No, I mean, no, no, I get no, it. No, no. I, I get no, it. You no, don't no, like no. the idea of it. No. Like, ooh, the, uh, that, that level, that, that, that stage you know, for your daughter uh, is going to be creepy. Obviously, in, in, our, in our crazy, secular, permissive, lefty house, I have no... Cons you know, my daughter would would rather drive a stake through Tim Tebow's heart than kiss him. Like I'm not there's no th oh, there's good. no good. there's no worries. She's by the way, Heather and I are are constantly being uh lectured by our 13-year-old about how problematic we are. Like <laughs> we're, we're like how so specifically? She's, she's like she's set she, like Heather will refer to a black person as black and Sophie will go like, what? Whoa, whoa, mom. Hmm. Whoa. We don't say that anymore. And, and Heather's like, what black? I grew up in Flatbush. Like I, I what were you talking about? And, and so anyway, so Sophie is definitely part of the, the, the super woke culture. Um, and which I, which, 
you know, I'm proud as hell of her, but it's you know, obviously it's getting a little out of hand. Uh, it's blending into the Khmer Rouge in Cambodia. But um, <laughs> so I'm not like I don't she's she's not I don't think I have a ton to worry about in the bringing home a jerk category. Hmm. I think she's going to be very good at weeding. I mean, basically, <clears throat> I think she's going to bring home a nice person, hmm. uh, you know, male, female, or or non-binary. She's going to bring, she's not going to take any shit from anybody. You know, if they if they refer to a black person, they're going to be like, you're, you're out. You're out. Why? Well, you, you said Barack Obama was the first black president. Well, he was. We don't say black. I, I like I, she's so I'm not worried. I'm not worried about her her bringing home a bad guy. Well, I, I, I to me, it's kind of right. People say, oh, I don't want my daughter dating, but you kind of do want your daughter or son dating because based on my life experience through high school, you don't want to go through like, yeah, I, I couldn't get anybody to go to the dance with me. Yeah, I, you know, I don't want to I don't want my heart to break all over again on behalf of my children. I, I, I want them, I want to find the happy middle. You know, I, I don't want them also just sitting at home on big dance night and crying or asking me if I'll take them. That That's not going to be a positive thing either way. Now you make me feel like though, you know, the older kids are, you know, the older kids are getting into their own stuff now. You know, I got the 14 year old and the 12 year old, the, you know, Oprah is now the 14, almost going to high school and Jean-Claude Van Damashek is going into seventh grade. But maybe the quaint stuff like this morning, um, the the little girly came up to me and she said, dad, dad. And I said, what? And she said, uh, she said, uh, Jojo, we call him Jojo, Jojo put his weenal on my hand. So, I mean, there's that. So I don't know. I don't know what, what's right or wrong anymore. But, well, this um, is a good, uh, uh, segue into the game of life, which is okay. You, you've got, you, you've got more billions than you could ever spend. Even if you just went, if you just drove around throwing billions of dollars out the window, you're Bill and Melinda Gates. You can never go through it all. Um, you can you can live. You, your choices are: you can live at the same compound and never see each other. You can live in adjacent compounds. So if the kids come home for Christmas, you can all have Christmas in the main compound. You can live in separate mansions um, on separate continents. You there's no like you can have any scenario that you want, um, except for one, except for one. Hey, 65-year-old Bill Gates, you can't take a hot stewardess to the Metropolitan uh, Oh, is that what happened? I was just going to ask. I don't know. But this is is the question, right? We don't know, but we do know, right? We do know. We don't know, but we do know. Now, she's 56. I guess it's possible she's super horny, and obviously he wouldn't do it for her anymore. But if you were, you know, doing a FanDuel bet, like if you had to give out this bet as like, what do you see as the reason for people who could live in any mansion on any continent? They could buy a continent. They could buy Africa and then evacuate it and just live. You have Africa as your continent. It's all yours. I'm going to buy Europe and then we'll visit. We'll see the kids at Christmas. Like there's there's only one reason to get divorced, which is 
I am a public figure and would like to resume this part of my life at 65, which by the way, in terms of, of like evolution and how things change, people don't talk enough about Viagra as it pertains to these, um, what, what are they calling them? These gray divorces? Like the whole point of getting off Kurt Vonnegut's wild horse is like, oh, thank Christ, I'm not horny anymore. I, I can just grow old with my beloved. I don't have to, you know, my head doesn't have to be on a swivel every time I, I see a hot girl. And what Viagra has done, <laughs> it's like, okay, so, so these guys know they're not going to be facing the mortification and humiliation of a droopy ding dong. So they're like, <laughs> oh, science, much like with the vaccine, science has intervened in this normal process of like marrying, having your family, go, growing old together. So then Rupert Murdoch is divorcing Wendy Murdoch so he can be with Mick Jagger's ex. Like, he's with Jerry Hall. It's like, what is fucking going on, man? You're 89. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is a wonder drug. And we can Tomcat in perpetuity, except for the old battle axe, who, by the way, is really old. Like, when, you know, you're, you're, these, these women are aging chronologically. And then, and then the billionaire is like, I know I'm older than you, but I'm a, a billionaire and, and there's a wonder drug. And so, I mean, I don't know if we, we could bet the money line on Bill Gates has a sweetheart for sure, but we could also bet uh, over under what is the date where they appear in public, right? You know, mm. uh, uh, what, you know, now what, you know, what would be great is if Mackenzie Bezos and Melinda Gates do a fucking Thelma and Louise tour of the world where they're just <laughs> heaving money at good causes, just fucking here, you know, just throwing vaccines out the window and giving, you know, uh, high end computers to every kid in the third world, like just hemorrhage it, just give it all away. And, and, and Mackenzie's already doing it. Like she's amazing, but like, okay, okay, guys, you, you, you want to, you want to have a second adolescence? All right. Well, you're worth half. And I love that Gates, uh, you know, that he's pro he's a genius programmer, but he didn't, he didn't program in the prenup. Ah, I forgot one element of this anyway. So, so like when, when I saw that news, I was like, of course, of course, because he's 65, I, you know, it's like, it, it used to be time to shut it down, but like, there's no there's no expiration date on your ding dong now, I'm which is right. a which is a which is a shame. It's a pity. You you should be put out to pasture at some point. I but guess he's looking, but for, it's he's looking like, for greener pastures. It's not that. But you know what? It's kind of like we've talked about. I it, it hit me maybe six months or so ago. I'm never going to play competitive pickup basketball again for fear of ripping Achilles or blowing out my back permanent. Like, um, it must hold be on, weird. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold just want to, just to what? clarify for the listeners. Um, are you categorizing what you used to do as competitive uh, basketball? Ter terrific. Terrific. When I, when I blocked your shit repeatedly, it was competitive. Um, the, um, and, and don't act like I didn't, too. What a humiliation to get blocked by me. A player of your level, and and, and it wasn't you're even left just a You're left-handed. You're left-handed, and you're deceptively long. 
You're you know what's weird? You, no, you know what it is for real? And I really did figure this out. And it, it may sound self-deprecating, but it's but but I mean it. You know why? It's because people, better athletes than me, are surprised because I get there a tick late. And so you think you have you think you're by me, and that's when just when I'm arriving. And it's it's my lack of quicks that allows me to when you think you're past me and the ball you're about to shoot the ball, I can I can skim the top of the ball and uh, and deflect it from you. But anyway, um, those days yes. are over. What do you think? That's over. And what I must be like, Bill Gates. It must be vexing to be like I'm worth. I don't even know what he's worth. Fifty billion or whatever, forty billion or something. Um, more than that, whatever it is. Um, he doesn't know what he's. How worth. can anyone That's argue how much being he's worth? Well, he doesn't argue against getting taxed, but can you imagine? I mean, I'm just imagine you can't be like, here, here's here's ten million dollars. Will that get you off my back forever, uh, government? I mean, like, why wouldn't ever at some point? It's really, but anyway, um, Bill, it must be like I'm worth. I, I can do whatever I want. The only thing is, I may never get a boner again. You know, I may never, I I never, I may never know the touch of a woman again. Um, that that's got to be, you know, that's uh, talk about an existential crisis, you know? That's well, that is I mean, that is the the essential cause of the classic male midlife crisis is mortality. Right. right? Sure. All the young bucks like spaghetti uh, are coming up on us. And like, you know, we're we're talking about never playing competitive basketball again because of our knees. And spaghetti is like, um. I'm I'm coming for the basketball. I'm coming for your ladies. I'm coming for your daughters. I'm like, this these fucking young bucks are coming up and we're like, holy shit. Like, we're gonna be put out on an on an ice flow momentarily. What could what can reverse this? What can stave off this inevitable end? And it's like, I know, red sports car, new pussy. I got it. Okay, great, 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 great. This will solve it. And then you're like, and like. You know, Bill Gates is going to be lying in the presidential suite at a Four Seasons going, what have I done? What have I done? Oh, my Christ. <laughs> Wendy, please. It doesn't mean anything no. without you. Yeah. Well, did you no, see yeah. the reason why this potentially happened? No, why? So apparently in the in mid to late 80s, he had a, a, an ex-girlfriend and she was ready to settle down. Uh, they met at like a computer conference or something, obviously very fitting for Bill Gates. And she was ready to settle down and he really, truly like loved her. But wasn't, he wasn't at a Rage Against down. the Machine concert? No, it wasn't. And uh, she. Well, and, but, it was. He, that is what one of the one of the panels was called. Rage Against the Machine. It was about Microsoft Windows. Yeah, yeah. She Shutting down. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was an AI thing. Uh, but they, she, they uh, still, he told Melinda that once a year he has to see his ex-girlfriend and they, they go to the Outer Banks and he said, I mean, this is what he says. I don't know how accurate it is, but like they would buy um, like uh, like physicists like novels and read them or like a molecular biology textbook and they would read them together because they shared that uh, like wavelength. Yeah. And he told Melinda that once Four, a year. I'm they going call to it Outer foreplay. They call that. Right. But that's that's probably the reason why his ex-girlfriend that he did love but had to end the relationship because he did not want to get married uh, in the mid 80s. Oh, that's a uh, Alan Alda and Ellen Burstyn movie. Uh, same time next year. Uh, you know, maybe Melinda Gates finally saw that movie and figured out they're fucking they're fucking like she saw Alan Alda and Ellen Burstyn and she was like, oh, my God, same time next year means you can get through 
the 360 day slog of living with my old ass. If, if fucking one weekend a year, you just look forward to the outer banks. That sounds like, that sounds <laughs> like a back multiple mountain. orgasm. So, right. It's all, that's take- also the plot of Brokeback Mountain. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, I wonder too, if um, I just watched Ellen Burstyn in uh, The Exorcist, by, uh, as a side note, movie does not hold up. A lot of movies don't hold up because of special effects. And uh, and uh, that's a, a chief example. People worship that picture. Go back and watch it. Doesn't doesn't really do it. But anyway, Billy Friedkin um, wants a word with you. Um, but Von Sydow, dynamite as ever. What's weird about that is that movie comes out in 73 and they describe him in the movie like he's way too old. Like that they're talking about his character like he can't do exorcisms anymore. He's way too old now. Like in 73, Von Sydow, he's one of those guys that we taught. Put him on the board up there with Sparky Anderson and Angela Lansbury. Von Sydow benefited and Wilfred Brimley benefited from Turning it at 41 looked a certain way and then stayed that way for 40 years. Hey, basketball fans, you know it's prime time as we come down the home stretch here, the regular season into the playoffs. Eastern Conference looking dandy at the top there. FanDuel is making betting on those NBA games even more fun and exciting with same game parlays. And for a limited time, FanDuel Sportsbook is hooking up new users by doubling your winnings on your first same game parlay. That's correct. Listen to what I say. FanDuel will double your payout when you win your first same-game parlay up to $250. Um, So many NBA market options, player point totals, rebounds, assists, money line, over-unders, point spread, etc. You can root for your favorite players. Uh, There's a chance to put a small bet down and win big. Odds are high and uh, the payouts are dandy. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and make your first deposit to get started. Then place your first same-game parlay bet on any NBA game all the way up through May 9th. Eddie Spaghetti, which one strikes your fancy right now? Well, there's a game I like, and uh, it goes against my Knicks. We're going to have to fade the Knicks here. They're 0-3 versus the Phoenix Suns this year, the second-place Phoenix Suns. And kind of like we talked about during the show with teams fighting to get that better playoff seed, they're in second place. We know they're going to want to get the number one seed, only one game back to the Utah Jazz. Suns are averaging 114 points a game. I know the Knicks are a good defensive team, but they're not that good. There is a gap between how good the Knicks are versus the rest of the East, the top of the East, and how good they are versus the West. I think, you know, the Western Conference is probably going to be the team, you know, the division is going to give you the NBA champion this season. The Knicks are just not quite at that level yet. You know, the addition of Chris Paul has put the Suns over the top. Wait a second. I thought that was the team, that was the New York MSG-based team that James Dolan had already fixed. Huh, confusing. Yeah. No, I know. It took him 30 years, and now he wants to pat himself in the back. And they're good. I don't want to poo-poo the Knicks. They're fun to watch. It's a great story. Thibodeau's awesome. They're defensively a great team. Uh, finally, a contract worked out with Julius Randle. But the Suns are, you know, Devin Booker, Aiton, Chris Paul, they're just they're just too good. And it's, uh, you know, they're going to be at home versus the Knicks. Whatever that number is, that's the one you want to get. You want to bet the Suns versus the Knicks. All right. Eddie Spaghetti says it, and he roots for the Knickerbockers. There you have it. Go get it. FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus, the number three. That's how you do it. Hench, would you rather your daughter, your aforementioned daughter, what would be, you say, like, you sure she'll bring somebody nice home. What if she brought home Tom Wilson? Go. Hello, I'm hi, I'm Tom. You know, I, I'm Tom. Like, wh- All would right. you? Well, my first reaction would be, thank Christ, you found a rich guy. 
Would, I mean, be, like, would, would you be I, able to I, let that go? Would you be able to let that go? I, I really do wonder, would I be okay if, if it was like, uh, my new, my, uh, I'm engaged. Yeah, I know I've been off at school. I've been go, I've been matriculating, um, at American university and I met a great guy and, uh, we fall very much in love and his name or Johns Hopkins and his name is Lamar Jackson. Would I be like, no, you can't be with a Raven? No, no, no. We're not. We're no. We're not going to do that. We're not going to be with a New York Islander. No, no, no. Um, There's a line. Obviously, this hypothetical has no chance of happening. But is this before or after Tom Wilson has ended Patrice Bergeron's career in the 2021 playoffs? Which, by the way, the NHL is fine with. The NHL has basically said, "Hey, buddy, go for it, big guy. Go for That's it." Exactly yeah, we, right. We we don't. Uh, and the NHL, if, if I'm understanding Spaghetti's note in the chat correctly, the NHL has fined the Rangers 50 times what they fined Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson commits actual crimes on the ice. Butchnevich did nothing. He didn't even run the goalie. He was just lying in a heap in the crease. And he's like, hey, while you're down there, Maybe I can 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 give you some uh, uh, skull damage. I'm just gonna take a free shot while you're lying face down on the ice. Can, maybe I can Kevin Stevens you from here, and then if I if I don't injure you, I'm gonna go. I, I got Panarin. Okay. Well, yeah, Panarin's a tough guy. Want to go? So so the Rangers say, um, hey, that five thousand dollar fine seems a lot little light, and the NHL, knowing it's fucked up, goes, okay, you're fined two hundred and fifty for having the audacity to point out. We made a hair, a terrible error in judgment with this fucking Tom Wilson character. Um, how, how is this good? You know, I feel like the NFL is has gone the other way, where it's like you graze the quarterback, you graze, you graze the quarterback. I, I mean, that that's exactly right. That that's roughing the- that roughing call in the Super Bowl, that roughing the passer call that you know, like turned the whole game. Right? I you know thirty-one-nine, but like that was ridiculous because you can't touch the quarterback the nhl is going the other way which is like feel free to maim crosby or bergeron do whatever you want tom wilson and and it's like it's you know marshawn obviously is a is a is a kenny lindsman type menace but wilson's so big guys are in danger and that's obviously his value and the only way to not make that valuable is to say hey you don't get to play in the playoffs this year that's I, it is it, legitimately, and and it's funny that there are people. I mean, I guess in the age of social media, like I say, everybody's a narcissist. Everybody has to weigh in on everything. And I guess if you're incented, if you're a Caps fan, or I mean, the self validation of if you played the game in a certain style. It's weird that a guy like Ryan Whitney immediately takes to social media to be like, "Oh, you're crying." Like, I mean, I'm not trying to get up on Mount Pius. It's not going to be funny, like Tom Wilson with his with, with his smug look, the disgusting smug lurk look, and everything. Like, oh, you don't get to, that's hockey, everybody. You know, you know who gets the short end of this stick almost always? The enforcer. Go back and look up who gets CTE, and look who gets the painkiller addiction. And when Tom Wilson is forty eight and infirmed for one of the reasons I just said. Um, that then will it be like, oh, that's a that's old school hockey. That's the way that's the way it goes. These guys are now. It is the distinction to be made, even in hockey. I mean, football is more so. But 
you know, Henshin, when you and I were growing up, the average NHL player was like six foot, 200. That, I mean, you know, Lemieux, Mario Lemieux was such an anomaly on the ice, not for the grace, but it was he was a 6'4 guy doing that stuff. Now there are a lot of those guys. There, there, there are a ton of long, heavy guys like that. And so it increases the danger. I don't understand the the desire to... Um, to uh, the other, well, I'm just I, I like, I'm thinking, I, I hope... I hope when Sophie brings Tom Wilson home, it's not at his 48-year-old drool cup, you know, peeing in a bag. Uh, I hope I hope Tom Wilson still has his wits about him when when Sophie brings him home, uh, that he has he hasn't lost it completely. Hmm. But it's not. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Like, of course, I mean, of course, there is a price to be paid for uh, Tom Wilson's mayhem. But. It's cold comfort to the NHL fan to go, oh, that's going to happen in 20 years. Hey, NHL, feel free to step in while it still has an effect on the season. It, I mean, I, I said it in the moment. In fact, I said it to you guys on text. The issue is, um, with that, I have no concern that either of our teams... The Bruins or Penguins. I really do watch in the, you know, I've watched pretty much, uh, I've, I've watched a grotesque amount of regular season hockey over the last few months. Um, I, I, I'm i fully convinced that the Bruins or the Penguins would skate around the Capitals. They, they are not built to compete. I don't think. We'll see what happens. Um, my concern would be is that in the late stages of uh, of either series, Tom Wilson would, uh, would do exactly what you just described. He would, you know, he'd concuss and knock out for the next uh, two weeks, one of our stars. And as far as that goes, I know the blue shirts aren't playing for the postseason. Nevertheless, that's the part that the Rangers got wrong, in my opinion. You don't go after Tom Wilson. You, it's eye for an eye. They, you know, it's it, it's like I said. The it really is. Well, they did. They they did. I mean, just starting quickly. They, Paul Bushnevich did go after him, which is so funny about it because he hit him, and they say cross. I don't him. go after him. I'm no, saying you, you go, go after, after their no, stars. No, no, I know. I know. They, eye they, for they, an they, eye they, is taking out their after, stars. They did fight everyone that was besides him, but like Bushnevich went after Wilson himself, and he's getting a hearing by the NHL. Like the NHL is bringing Bushnevich in for a hearing, a possible suspension. Tom Wilson, who calls this whole thing. Thing. during a Rangers power play, the Rangers not looking to fight, no suspension, no hearing. Uh, it's, it's, it makes, the, I'm almost more mad with the NHL than actually Tom, Tom Wilson, you know he's going to do this. Like, this is his MO, it's whatever. The NHL just not, like, turning a blind eye to what he's doing, and then a guy, like you said last night, an, an extra point save, like, a guy like Buchnevich, zero history of violence in the NHL, he's getting a hearing now. It is, it's, I mean, it's so well, but right I mean, to watch if the you want to, I, I, I do think, like, start a GoFundMe page for the Ranger that takes a stick full-on tomahawk chop over Tom Wilson's uh, uh, smug punum. Short of that, though, like, the, the move is, you want to be laying cross-checks into a Capitals head. I mean, I, it's grim, but that's that's exactly what Tom Wilson's doing to, to uh, bread man. I mean, the idea that he has his doesn't have his helmet on and pulls him to the back of the ice, see, he could really f that guy up permanent, like. And um, the the defense of that that ca the cavalier, like that's that's always gone on in hockey. Um, hey, hey, what do you think? Do you think it's possible if the FBI could look into Tom Wilson's cell phone and computer records? Is it possible 
that the Russian GRU has reached out to Tom Wilson, that this yes. was essentially a, a, a Putin-ordered hit on the Alex Navalny supporter. Yes. I think so. Definitely, right? I don't I don't see any evidence that would disprove that. No, no. And then the NHL would have to be in on it, too, with that, that ridic ridiculous fine. Ooh, let's do that as a new segment, too. Let, we'll start at uh, sports conspiracy theories. That's It's all the rage, Hench. We, we may as well get in on the act. Why yeah. are we fighting oh, yeah, against yeah. it? Let's get with it. Well, so far, we've only maligned um, Bill Gates, Rupert Murdoch, and Vladimir Putin. I think we'll take on... Make, give them spaghetti's address. <laughs> the three richest men on the planet Earth. <laughs> we're not afraid of anybody. You know, they say punch we're up, very don't afraid. they? We're very afraid. Make it clear. We should uh, call the uh, the NYPD. Remember, Hench, you'll remember this. Remember the the Chara hit on Max Pacioretty and the Montreal, they wanted to call oh, the Montreal, sure. they wanted to call the police, like the Mounties on the Bruins and, and, and Chara. It's like, why we should call the NYPD on, on Tom Wilson. That, that's the way to take care of it. Well, it's weird because Chara was like going over to the bench going, oh, OK, OK, guys, enough's enough. Like Chara was kind of being like, like, don't make me get involved here. Like it's going to end badly for you. And it's like, uh, hey, hey, Big Z, go go fucking talk to your guy. Don't talk to our bench like you. You have Charles Manson, uh, not not Dave Manson. You have Charles Manson on your team. Uh, feel free to have a word with him. This is all his doing. Because, uh, you know, as Spaghetti points out, they, the Rangers were on a power play <laughs> like they are their most skilled guys are on the ice. And, and Tom Wilson just don't sleep on people. that part of it. Yes, that he knows he is safe. There is no one out there that is going to take him down. But that's my point, though. You know, they ran, uh, you know, the Rangers run their biggest guy at him, but it wasn't enough. Don't go. Well, at this, 43. Is a good, this is a good question, because like, you know, he's an animal. You, lis you listen like, you know, Van Pelt, obviously so biased. Obviously, you hear the way he. He he kind of chortles about Tom Wilson l like he gets under people's saddles. No, he causes brain damage like it's not that charming. But we've all been there where we have to root for a clearly a bad guy because he's on our team. Sure. Like who's the who's the guy you've felt most compromised about being constitutionally obligated to root for? Sean Avery, hands down. Okay. Okay. One. I'll go with Matt Cook and Hench will go with Aaron Hernandez. Done. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I don't think the hat that uh, your former QB liked to keep in his locker, the red ball cap that had uh, the the statement on it. I don't think you were that was, in big that support was, of that. That was that was that was grim. Um and, and you know, it's funny because you you get your loyalty, your you know, obviously we're we're we have a mental illness. We've we've let sports fill this void in our life. We we don't search for meaning. We we don't we do neither we do neither Victor Frankel man search for meaning nor um, Sigmund, uh, Freud man search for pleasure. We do neither. We just sit and watch other people play. Like we're it's like <laughs> what's the difference between what we do and Twitch? Like we're just fucking watching other people play and then having it completely dictate our mood. Uh, you know, so, but it's all me, I have, don't take it away, please. I know, I know, you know, but for me, the, the, the guy where I was very, very knowingly going like, oh my God, I would hate this guy so much. And, and I mean, a little bit like I was looking in the mirror, but like rooting for Danny Ainge growing up and I'm still rooting for Danny Ainge, by the way. But like, I was like, wow, wow. Would I hate this guy? 
wow, would I hate this yeah, guy. Yeah, right. Just looking for think, every... Well, well, you know, actually, you could volunteer the candidates better to me. Like, who 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 uh, filled those shoes in your eyes as an opponent? Who did you look at on the steel or... Well, or, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to lay you low here, but uh, let, you know, seven is not right, a uh, good person. I, I think we you're can all bring agree. You don't know. I that's, think we can all... What do you mean? I don't know. I've talked to a fucking mill. Everyone who's encountered him, everybody who's interviewed him, everybody who's been at a function where he's hit on someone else's wife. Like, what are you talking uh, about? What are you talking about? You know it too. You're. I think you're confusing him. With, I think you're confusing him with Bill Gates. Clearly, I don't know who you're thinking of, but clearly you're. You're not wired it. You're wired into that community. You know. You know. Um, I'm trying to. Well, there's so many loathsome Boston athletes over the years. Um, just, you know, just uh, so many to run through. But actually, the the Bruins, Brad Marchand is is obviously as vile as there has been. I mean, he's Dale Hunter level disgusting. Anyone who ever put on the Flyer sweater, this side of Mark Recchi, is loathsome. Uh, Ronnie Hextall and even now the GMC. Now I've I've had to modify my feelings on Ronnie Hextall, of course. Hatchet Man Supreme, but now he's the GM of the Penguins. How how's that supposed to make me feel? You know, that that wasn't a great move, in my opinion, by the Penguins, at least until they win a Stanley Cup with him. Then then all is forgiven. You know who the one guy, it's funny you mentioned that. Like there is, you know, you have this, again, it's all part of our mental illness, but like you go, okay, I love this guy. I've got his poster on my wall. And then he he gets traded and you're like, dead to me. Dead to me. I don't care. Like I like, I love this guy. And then boom, ACL would be great. You know, like it's it's like you're it's so crazy. But I will say the one guy that I've like, I've done like, I root for that guy every time he comes to the plate is Mookie Betts. He's like the one guy that has broken this cycle for me where I'm like, I can't not root for him. Now he's not playing for the Yankees, obviously. He's playing for the the local nine here in LA. Uh, but he he definitely, I don't want that guy to hit 200. Like, I love that guy. Um, so I was happy that he won the World Series. He's he's you know running around celebrating with Kershaw. Fantastic. It is always a funny thing because like we talk about as you're seeing play out with with uh, the Packers and Rodgers, I think ultimately people side with the brand. That is what survives. Individual players come and go, but Mookie Bet, so people tend to, will gravitate. Lambeau faithful will ultimately embrace the Packers brass over even all-time great Aaron Rodgers. That's the way it'll go because they'll they'll end up they'll they'll demonize him to the degree. Of course, like I say, the other the, the shoe's going to drop when Jordan Love isn't good, um, and it is going to be funny when they have to wear like, yeah, the guy who we traded in the conversation for best quarterback ever. We traded it. We, we had to deal him away because we insisted on drafting. Not if, a guy I, not if I'm in right. that conversation, not if I'm in that conversation, <laughs> well, then, obviously well, not the greatest quarterback ever. If I'm in the conversation, I hear you, but if Joe, right. But if Jordan, but right. But if Jordan love, if, uh, it's going to be a funny, um, watching them twist to try to justify like, yeah, the guy who we did that for, uh, this Jordan love guy. Uh, yeah, he's, he's backing up Jimmy G in 2021 or whoever they have to go and get off the market to, to run out there. Hey, let me ask you, like, do you, how much, because the Jordan love pick happens, you know, he, he wins MVP after the pick, right? Right. He, so it's like, 
I, right. when I saw when the news breaks and everyone was like, Hey, they didn't consult him. They drafted a quarterback without checking with him. And it's like, well, he's a fucking employee. Who cares? I mean, that, I don't, you know, whatever you're all, you're allowed to have a future. Um, and he didn't have a great 2019, but I feel like the, the kicking the field goal last year, it, it felt much more like Aaron Rodgers' reaction. Like, obviously, you know, the pack had to move on from McCarthy, right? But like Aaron Rodgers' reaction to not being able to take that shot to the end zone on fourth down, like if I had to make a pie chart of like how much of it is Jordan Love, how much of it is kicking that field goal, and how much of it is uh, he's a narcissistic weirdo. Like if you were trying to figure out, because I feel like taking the ball out of his hand like a damn burst. Like he's like, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to kick this field goal here. Uh, and then, and then I'm not going to get the ball again. What it I makes think me think of, I hear you. I agree with you, but whatever, the, all the things you just cited and Tom Brady a few years ago, you can pretty much see that there was, it came to a head with Brady and Belichick and Kraft and like, I don't, Jimmy G, you should trade him away and I'm doing it for Jimmy G's benefit and uh, Belichick didn't like that and all that acrimony and then Brady basically forces his way out of New England. Russell Wilson wants out of Seattle. All I, all I can think of is, back to what you just said four minutes ago, imagine if this was Ben Roethlisberger doing any of this stuff. Imagine if Roethlisberger was pulling these shenanigans, how how outrageous it would be. Like, Aaron Rodgers gets a little bit of a pass. I know he's a reigning MVP, but he it started two years ago, even though they went 13-3. and three, He had a kind of a down personal year there. Why are you making eyes, Spaghetti? That's that's exactly right. It, I, don't get Jimmy the, G- I don't get the core. All the other guys you named have, like, Brady just won a Super Bowl, Rodgers was an MVP, uh, and Russell Wilson was an MVP type And 10. Ben Roethlisberger was 11 and, and he, Ben he, Roethlisberger was 11 and 0 playing behind a garbage O line. What are you talking about? I'm just letting you know what the, how the nation react would react to that statement. I just told you. I, I I you didn't tell me anything. I just told you how they would react to it. They wouldn't react. They would react very. What a jerk! Ha, here's here's something to consider, everybody. Maybe guys worth a hundred million dollars who have been insulated from most criticism, even though you think tweeting at them or the local sports radio guy talking bad about them, you think that that penetrates their brain or their their day-to-day life is, is offset by a million by all the pats on the back that they get anywhere they go. They are worshipped. That's their reality more than, oh, you know, some fans think I shouldn't have uh, thrown that interception in the third quarter. These guys are insulated. Yeah, they they all are divas. That's the bottom line. Now, Hench's point is right. The the to connect it with the bad guy thing, it's the notion of recidivism. That's the uh, to round it all out. The the Tom Wilson. The issue is like, oh, you wouldn't care if that wasn't Tom Wilson doing that. Like that's right. Yeah, I wouldn't care nearly as much. I would think it was a garbage play, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that guy should be banned from the league or banned for a year, banned from the playoffs, except that it's Tom Wilson and he's done it uh, 27 times in the last two years already. Anyhow, how dare you, Spaghetti? uh, Did you ever see uh, Ava DuVernay's When They See Us, this incredible series she made about the Central Park Five? Like, uh, oh, no, I, I, I was 
she's she she walks on water. She's unbelievable. It, it was you know stomach churning as you can imagine. But one of the one of the things they really got into was how hard it is to maintain gainful employment um, when you're on probation. Like you're on probation, uh, obviously for a crime you didn't commit, which is the first great part of the criminal justice system. So this guy, so um, the, all the jobs where you won't ever have to rub elbows with other felons, they're not going to hire you because you're a felon. So you don't get to go to any places of employment uh, where there aren't any felons. They don't hire you. Then all the the, the hard scrabble, short order cook, uh, janitor, you know, like all the rough jobs is is where these people have to collect to have a job. And then you your your parole officer goes, "Hey, man, that other guy is a felon." You can't work here either because you're associating with another felon, which is also part of your terms of parole. And it's like, it's so onerous to for, for a parolee to try to enter back into society by design. Obviously, that's, that's the way it's designed. Um, yes, in that case, the guy was innocent and it's a stupid system. If you're gonna release people back into the public, give them a shot, give them a chance to be a productive member of society. But the way the system works is you do get judged differently if you have a rap sheet. Of course you get judged differently. Like that's the whole point is like, you don't go, hey, no harm, no foul. You know, like, you, you, you know, and so, so this kid didn't do it, basically had his life ruined twice because when he reemerged, he was innocent. Life, you know, and then, and then freaking Wilson he did it. He did it all. It's on video. Everything he's ever done is on video. He's a recidivist. He's a criminal. His record speaks for itself. So of course he starts at guilty. Your actions, like you, that, that, that it, you know, it's like, okay, if the whistle is blown and you're in a scrum, Tom, you don't get to do this. Even if people go, hey man, this happens. This is every. This is after every whistle. This happens. Well, not you. You don't get to do it because you're on fucking triple probation. And if you do do it, the repercussions are going to be extreme. You know, it's like obviously in all sentencing, your record gets factored into it. So the fact that the NHL, as Spaghetti pointed out, find him. What Lundquist got fined for squirting Sidney Crosby with a water bottle? Oh yeah, that fucking menace, Henrik Lundquist. Yeah, what what world is the NHL living in? It, I, I, there's no explanation, and and it's you know obviously when you only have 800 fans to begin with, maybe don't alienate all the ones in New York NHL. Well, I mean the bottom, I, you know, it, it it's almost sounds like a joke, but Georgie Peros is in charge of it. I mean, what you know, what do you think is going to happen? Do you, do you think anybody is is going to sing songs? Is is going to wax poetic about uh, uh, about the role of the goon and allow for that and give room for that kind of rugged uh, play, as, as they call it? I mean, it's it's absurd. I, I really don't know. Like, what? How did how did that go down? I the Georgie Peros of all human beings on the planet Earth gets to rule on these things um, is insane. All right, we need to get a ruling hench on who we're going to back 
with FanDuel, boosted bet, which team we're going to ride with here, what our bet's going to be. Drop us a line, as a matter of fact, at minus three pod. Tweet it at us and let us know what you think. Um, do we ride bees? Do we ride penguins? We're, I, I Shame the devil. We're not going with the capitals. I don't want to do go with we, the Islanders either. We Do we get one? Yeah. We, we have to come up with a collective we agree on? We don't like, have to agree on it, but we, you know, we have to choose wh- who is the minus three. Who are we going with? And then you can fade it if you want to. Well, I feel or the like, listener can fade us. You know, I, I feel like, I mean, obviously, um, the coin flip, uh, you know, in these series. But if you're if you were looking at um, peaking at the right time, obviously, you want to be playing your best hockey when it matters most. And, you know, the Bruins were so bad five on five prior to getting Taylor Hall. And, you know, he has completely resurrected David Krejci. I mean, Krejci was averaging 0.65 points a game pre-Hall and 1.1 points a game post-Hall. Like, so, you know, basically we had one line and now we have two, which is what most, you know, that's what contenders, you need to have those two lines. And uh, there's a jump in their step. Grizzlick's playing great. And so of those four teams, I think the Bruins are the Carlo, best team. I kind of agree. Yeah. And, and I, I'm, you know, I am loath to bring it up. Like I always say, this is like my old man kind of logical. Like, I don't know. Red Sox never win in Baltimore. Like, yeah, you're referring to 1972. Like I, that doesn't apply to what goes on now, but he, he abides by that. Like Penguins never win. Uh, if they play on a Tuesday night after the Steelers lose on Monday night football, like he has all those kind of, uh, those kind of uh, things going in his head at all times. Um, the Tuka Rask has the Penguins number though. And that, that spooks me almost as much as uh, the perfection line and any of the other things you just cited there, man. I just, if the pens can avoid the Bruins, I really like their chances of getting out of the division. So the problem is somebody's got to knock the, the bees off. I, that's the, that is their potential kryptonite, but man, it's going to be so good. Um, that final four is going to be delightful. Listen, we have some time to chop it up. In the meantime, though, Hench, uh, great stuff as always. Good times, Pally. Uh, have a great weekend. And uh, with all that said, that was all just hors d'oeuvre on the puck talk because it's time for a deep dive into the best division in all of sports, the East Division. It's time for Spaghetti and Meatballs! <laughs> We're back for another edition of Spaghetti and Meatballs. Eddie Spaghetti here with Mikey Meatballs. Wow, what a week. The NHL is now taking over the sports world and by far is the biggest national sports story, which we will break down. I am here with my pal Mikey Meatballs, who I thought today for sure was going to win the jersey battle. I am wearing my Boston University Chris Jury jersey now. The GM president of the New York Rangers, my favorite team after a wild turn of events. And then you show up on the, you know, the stream yard here and you're wearing a, a Seattle Kraken jersey, the white one, which we'll post a picture yes. on, on Twitter. I, I mean, I had mine with the C, the Boston, you know, you and our, we're number 18. And uh, I, once again, I get stomped on by you with the, the early pickup of the Kraken, who are now an official NHL team, correct? Yes. Uh, last week, I think they made their final payment. They got approved or whatever, but Kraken, they did it right with their jersey. I like the logo. I like the colors. It's a good look for them. 
Now we're going to change it up this week a bit. We're not going to do the typical three stars because obviously there was one major, major story with a bunch of different legs to it. But uh, during minus three, Dave and Hench and I talked about it a little bit. And Fandle's going to help us boost some bets here. We're going to pick a team from the East Division, the Mass Mutual East. We're going to ride with that team here on minus three. Obviously, Dave is a Penguins fan. Hench is a Bruins fan. You're an Islanders fan. we got to back one team. I will let you plead your case right now as to why we should be backing the Islanders as a show. Going with the Islanders because now I'm probably the only Islander fan who is not really panicked right now. Um, this is a, another downward slope for them. I know they have not been great actually in the last, you know, actually really since Saunders Lee went out, but mm-hmm. I think once they hit the playoffs, the switch will flip and they'll be okay. They'll, They'll get it together. Trotz is not going to let them get swept for nothing in the first round to whoever they play. So I'm all in for them. Um, And, you know, if you're an Islanders fan, you know, you know, they're built for playoff hockey. They'll be ready to go. So you you just got to, you got to back them, got to back them at this point. All right. We'll trust in the rest of the Islanders and and coach Trotz there. Uh, we'll see way back as a show, but it, it will be exciting. Obviously this, this division is awesome. It's going to be a really, really fun place to see who makes it out of the, the mass mutual East, but let's get to the main event here. The reason why we're doing this today, Tom Wilson versus everybody, Tom Wilson versus Pavel Buchnevich versus Ryan Strom versus Artemi Panarin, uh, George Paros versus the Rangers, James Dolan versus the Rangers front office. I mean, it is as insane as it gets. And, you know, I'll start off with this in a season with the Rangers having uh, Mika Zibanejad with long-term COVID effects. You have a season where they had to, you know, basically release Tony D'Angelo for plenty of antics, including potentially racist comments towards teammates. You have obviously the Putin versus Panarin thing. You have the first season without Henrik Lundqvist uh, in net. And somehow, some way, none of those stories were the craziest story that happened with the Rangers this year. It has to deal with a, uh, a Tom Wilson caused incident on a Rangers power play that he just started to, to pummel guys and threw down Artemi Panarin by his hair. Luckily, um, missing his skull with the ice, his shoulder pad hit the ice in time. And he's, you know, potentially will miss the rest of the, the year. No long term effects there. But a wild turn of events. And before we get to the firing of the Rangers front office, John Davidson and, and, uh, and Jeff Gordon there by James Dolan, I want to get your take on Tom Wilson as an Islander fan. And as a guy who's obviously not going to root for the Rangers, but I, I know how much you know about the game and, and I, I'm interested to think of what you, your, your thoughts are on Tom Wilson as a guy who's constantly done this. And Dave said plenty of times on, on this show and extra points that he has a history of violence and he's going to end up, really, really injuring somebody potentially for their life. Um, and we're very lucky that Panarin, a, a superstar in this game, did not have any brain damage whatsoever. And are, are, where do you stand on Tom Wilson, either as a, as a whole, or what he's done in his career, and just with this specific incident uh, versus the Rangers the other night? Yeah, so I don't, I don't think I hate Tom Wilson as much as everyone else does. Um, but – he does have a history of violence. And I think it's actually pretty clear when you watch him play, he's look like some of his acts, he's looking to hurt someone. Right. Like every, and you know, when, when that's the case, you kind of start to look into every single hit that he has. And there's probably intent to hurt on every single hit that he has. I mean, that's okay for hockey players, but 
you know, when you cross guys, their careers and stuff like that, I mean, Vistovsky for the Islanders, you know, years back career ended by Wilson. So there has not been a stopping point. They're not trying to stop him. So if they're going to, you know, it's not a good look for the league. If that's, that's the case, especially why would you want to play against Wilson knowing, you know, you, you could get your skates kicked out from under you. You get your head thrown into the boards, head thrown into the ice, you know, take a cross check to the, the back of the neck or whatever. It's not comfortable playing against him. And I know it's old school hockey, I guess, with the, the fighting and whatnot, but it's not even, it's not even fighting. He's just trying to injure guys. And that's, right. you know, there's no place for that. So if you're going to fight, fight. But if you're going to try to injure someone, you shouldn't be on the ice. 100%. And me and you have talked about it on this show saying that we are pro fighting. We are pro. We wanted to come back in the game. We enjoy the physical aspect of it. And I'm not saying that Tom Wilson doesn't serve a purpose in this league. Of course he does. Like he gets under player skin and he really does change the outcome of, of certain games, of the games that he's playing in. The issue where it lies and kind of what you said is that if he's not going to get penalized for it, you know, by the the league, so like what are so what are the consequences if he's doing illegal things? If he's slew footing guys, or if he's using a high stick, if he's doing you know hitting after the guy on, down on the ice and punching him in the head, if you're not going to get penalized for that stuff, I understand that it goes on. I, of course it does. Like other players do it. It's not he's not the only one to do that, those those dirty type plays. But the thing is, when you're constantly doing it and there's no pushback from the league, there's no suspension, there's no. Uh, fines or fi- fines over five thousand dollars, which he was fined. Um, you know, it's insane that Pavel Buchnevich is now being brought in for a hearing, a disciplinary hearing, because he cross-checked Wilson in the game uh, on on Wednesday night versus the Capitals, and he, that guy has zero history of violence. It's it's just it is so backwards, and that's like my first main issue is like I get Tom Wilson is going to do this. What I also should happen is if he does this, there has to be some kind of consequence. I believe Hench said on the show today, he should probably just be suspended for the entirety of the playoffs. Like that's a good start. Like that may deter him in the future. It probably won't. It probably won't stop him in the future. He'll come back next season and do it again. But there has to be better rules in place for this to be, you know, to make to make the game physical, but not crossing the line. And then a guy who crosses the line just totally gets away scot-free. There is no like there's no repercussions for him whatsoever. That is the main issue right now with Tom Wilson. Yeah, Tom Wilson's also people forget he's kind of he's actually a decent player. Like he he's a sure. solid hockey player sure. too. He's not just a, a one way goon where he's just out there fighting guys. Like he he does serve a purpose on the Capitals team, you know, more than just getting under guys' skin and whatnot. So, without a doubt, if he like I said, if he's gonna go out there and just want to fight guys and get under their skin, throw some hard hits against the board. That's all right. But when you're putting guys in dangerous positions and it, you know, it could cause guys careers, you know, severe injuries, you know, with, with Panera the other day, that was as close as it gets to something really bad. So, yes. You know. And that's the other thing too, is why, why put rules in place as a reactionary sort of thing, instead of before something bad, like truly tragic does happen. Like, let's just say, I get, like I said before, Arturian Panarin, the bread man, one of the biggest stars in the game. If he gets injured and he's has, is he serious? If he's seriously hurt and cannot participate in games ever again, it's like, then you're going to, you know, drop the hammer on Wilson. To me, it's like, just stop it now, nip it in the bud now so that it doesn't happen in the future to somebody else. But, you know, next season they're playing whatever team it may be. I'm not saying it's just as a Rangers fan. I'm saying it as a guy who enjoys the game of hockey and I do enjoy the physicality as you do as well. We just want it to be within the guidelines. And if you do cross those lines, again, there has to be some sort of punishment, but it shouldn't be after a guy has his brains bashed in and it does develop some sort of, you know, long-term injury. That's what we're trying to avoid here. Um, but yeah, so we, we, we 
talked a bit about this. We seem to be on the same page as Wilson stuff. Now we're fast forward to what happened yesterday on Wednesday morning, a huge shock. And when you first saw this news of the Rangers firing uh, Jeff Gordon and John Davidson, they brought back to, you know, run this organization as GM president uh, kind of combo uh, up there. What were your immediate thoughts? And I want to also know if you like, you know, they're two years into this rebuild by all accounts, I would say it's a pretty successful rebuild. And by next season, they should be, you know, a relatively, you know, thought after contender uh, for the next season. So what are your thoughts when you first saw that news? Like, how did you react to that? Well, I was very surprised. I think like everyone else, um, I think from what I read, it was almost, I guess, essentially the Islanders that, that caused the firing in the past two games. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, John said he didn't like that. They didn't have the grit and hustle. So if you want to take, Hey, if you want to take um, Andrew Ladd and Leo Komarov from us and uh, add them to your, to your depth, that's, that's perfectly okay with me. So it's, it's insane. And I'm glad you brought that up. It's insane that because Dolan who runs the Knicks and he's the owner of the Knicks owner of the Rangers, because he runs those teams and finally, the next, the first time in like 30 years, you know, they've had playoff appearances here and there, but no, you know, real success where people are like, wow, this actually is a good team. This year, they finally have a guy like Julius Randle and Tom Thibodeau is preaching defense and they look like a really solid, you know, blue collar, gritty team. And now James Dolan's going to pat himself on the back, but like, see, look what I did. The, the Knicks are good now, but why do the Rangers don't have grit? And it's like the Rangers tried the grit route plenty of times and it doesn't really work. They, they, their, their coach at one point was John Tortorella. The whole they like every player led the category of like block shots. It was all Rangers. It was like that's what like they tried that. It just doesn't work. They have skill now. Like, yes, there's some teams that find a good balance. Like the Penguins come to mind of a team with a lot of skill and they find some guys who do the a good job in the, the bottom lines with, with the gritty, you know, playable ends the ice aspect, the Bruins as well. But that that would never really work for the Rangers. They finally have a talented young team, and they had, thanks to Gordon and JD, this big, you know, macro view of like this is the future. Just be patient. It's going to work out. And yes, they did luck into the second pick. Yes, they did luck into the, having the first pick with the with the bingo balls. But in fairness, they did a really good job of scouting and a really good job of drafting and a really smart job of bringing in guys on reasonable contracts who have not burned them. Like, you, yeah, you may say that the Trouba contract isn't great. He's not playing what he was. But you, you know what? It's not killing them. You know, bringing in Kreider on a good price. He's been awesome this year. It's and then you go and draft guys like Keandre Miller and Heedle and you find guys like Adam Fox, who was a college guy. Like there's like, they just done a really good job. And then for Dolan to turn around and be like, well, they're not at the playoffs this year, despite being in this like miserable division, like just so many good teams. And it's a, it's a real dog fight. And you, and you're going to get mad about that because they don't have grit because they got blown up by the Islanders, a playoff team with the Rangers pretty much knew in the back of their head, they're not going to make the playoffs. Like, yes, if they beat the Islanders, there was a fighting chance, but Let's be honest, we both know they weren't going to make it. And then obviously the whole incident with Tom Wilson and then Dolan fires off a statement, you know, criticizing George Paros. And apparently Gordon and JD were not fans of that statement, kind of, you know, moved away. They don't want to associate with that. And then that got them axed. And now they're in real peril of being a team that may, you know, it'll be music to your ears. When you go and hear, oh, wait, what they do? Oh, they traded, you know, Kinder Miller and Cabo Caco for a 33-year-old aging veteran with a bloated contract because they want to win now i mean it's going to be if they that happens it's good like the same way knicks fans kind of bailed in their team that's like what's going to happen to rangers fans they're not going to want to root for them anymore and then a team that was going to ha- go on potentially like a blackhawks type 
dynasty run, you know, and that's what kind of the visions I had. We're having a really, really super young team that's going to has all the pieces in place and could win year in, year out. And now you're going to ruin that because of this weird COVID offseason with different divisions. It makes zero sense. Like my brain hurts and I'm sorry I'm rambling here, but I mean, you have to see at least where I'm coming from a little bit, right? Yeah, definitely. This there it's what's weird to me is too that they're not too far out of a playoff spot in the right. hardest division of hockey. Like I'm pretty sure in any other division they're in the playoffs oh, or yeah. yeah. So it's I don't, I don't know why you didn't take a step back and, and look at that. I think it's more of a you know a power thing, and you know the Knicks are now good, so he needs to have his hand in in some the the next thing that's not as good, I guess. Even though. I don't think the Rangers are, are too far off from uh, where the Knicks are. You know, it's just a matter of the division. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's good for the Islanders, I guess. I think it will. The more right. the more havoc that that comes to the Rangers' way will um, be better for the Islanders. And I, I don't know. What do you What do you think? So, who's coming? Drury's coming in for them. Chris Jury is now, uh, he was there. He was part of the, you know, obviously yeah. he was an assistant. He was part of the scouting team. Uh, I know he has hands on a lot in the the college scouting, obviously, as a, as a college guy himself. So, and this move was always going to happen. Obviously, JD wasn't going to be there forever. Um, Gordon, he's a bit of a younger guy, but it, it seems like they were kind of just grooming him for Jury to take over. And it seemed, because Jury, I mean, as you know as well, like he's been offered a, a, a lot of teams have reached out to Chris Jury. They want to get him as part of the organization, and he stayed uh, patient with them and and you know obviously now I was rewarded so it's not it's not that myself and other Rangers fans are, are upset with Drury taking over because that was always a plan it was more of just the process of how it happened or how it happened yeah and, and then to have like Mark Messier coming out with these like statements saying like the Rangers wouldn't win uh alley fights and obviously he has a re- re- relationship with Dolan so you start thinking like, was, was is Messier talking to Dolan and he's trying to get in there? And he's explicitly said like, I want to be a part of the Rangers organization. But it's it's like they have everything in place. They had a system that was working. It was for, like they were a competently run organization. And everything you said is true. They're playing in a tough division, and it was a weird year. There was so many oddities with this with this team. So uh, to to really for him to start Dolan is to start meddling with the Rangers team, getting his hands all dirty with them when there was no need for it. And this is what ruined the Knicks for all those years. And now he's going to take it around with this team because he thinks the Knicks are finally good. It's like, well, the Knicks are good. The Knicks aren't a top three team in the East. The Knicks aren't even close to being, you know, they're not better than yeah. probably most teams in the West. So mm-hmm. it's uh, okay. Cool. Fine. You know, you can beat the Celtics here and there, whatever. But the Rangers were really close to next year's and at least maybe two years away from being an elite team uh, by all accounts. And there's a real good chance that this is going to be thrown away. So it's just a very, very strange time um, right now. And James Dolan proves again. With, with In sports world, where there are a lot of bad owners. Uh, and you can think of a lot in every major sport. I mean, he is far and away. Just really takes the cake there. Just really knows how to screw this thing up. Yeah. This has been a wild stretch. Uh, and, I, you know, it's it's – I really, we don't, we're not going to know the end result. Like we'll be doing the show next year. We'll be like, okay, well, what is he going to do? Like the, you know, before the season starting, what is he going to do? Who's he going to trade away? Like, like who's going to release? It's going to, it's the worst part is that he's now big brother to the Rangers. Right. And, uh, it's, it's, it's really, really scary time. So I'm, well, I'm done. Ranting. Just to add on uh, with that. I was once the news broke yesterday, I was watching um, someone who does, you know, hockey updates and there were, it's cause I texted you too. And I was, after you said, oh, Drury, I was like, oh, yeah, obviously. But 
they were saying, um, you know, their first rumors that they heard was, was Messier was going to be up next for them, which, so like you just mentioned before, I don't know if there's something going on there and there's a, a bigger plan. Maybe Messier gets involved and instill some more grit and toughness into that team. But, uh, I don't know. It's bizarre. Don't the scary, yeah. The, you're, I mean, the scary part is we don't know. Like, it, it, mm-hmm. As of now, I know the jury had a press conference already and they released a statement saying like jury is the guy, but who knows? Who knows if, if mess is going to come in and, and create a, a mess of this uh, pun intended, but like, who you know, it could happen it, because he could be a Dolan guy. And that's what we've seen Jim Dolan do with the Knicks is like his guys. He brings in the Irving Azos, whatever to help run the net, like Phil Jackson. Like this is what he does. And he ruins teams and he ruins the organization for years at a time. And if you're going to run the the goal, literally on the goal line here to have a really, really good team for quite a while to challenge your Islanders and the Bruins and Penguins and so on. And you're going to strip that away because you're getting a little impatient during a very strange year. It's like, I don't get how a person with a brain could just not see the issue with that, but I, I, well, I'm talking circles here. I, you're probably bored of me screaming about this. Um, so, you know, we've said all there is to be said about this. It's going to be a crazy saga that's going to last well into the offseason. Um, but we will round it out. Again, you're, you're, you're giving us the pitch as to why the Islanders, uh, we should ride with them as a, as a, as a show here. They're still plus 1,400 Stanley Cup odds. Um, you know, yeah, stop we'll- panicking, all Islander fans. Don't, don't panic. Just, just be patient. Wait, uh, wait till the playoffs start. I think we'll be yeah. all right. There we go. One team, the Rangers on the decline. And you have your meatballs Islanders. They're on the incline. That's the team that he's saying why we should go and back them to to win this Mass Mutual East division. So, boy, oh, boy, uh, what an addition of spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, good stuff as always. Spaghetti and meatballs. Can't wait for the drop of the playoff puck. Cheers to you, James Dolan, and enjoy the offseason. You two Philadelphia Flyers. Real quick, meatballs. I was just playing uh, off mic with Eddie Spaghetti. I'm going to bring back next week one of my favorite games of all time, NHL player or prescription drug. Do you want to give it a shot? Uh, yeah, sure. Let's okay, do it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. But well, this, is just a, uh, this is just a sneak preview. We're gonna do, we'll do it uh, properly later on. But, okay, ready? Here we go. NHL player. Or prescription drug, Ropa hints. Ropa. Oh, player, player. I see. We can't do it with meatballs. He knows too much. Player. He knows too much. Yeah, that's right. Because you want to, you want to get uh, extra points. I think maybe that's the way we score at spaghetti. You get, you get two points for a correct answer, and you get an extra point if you can tell us what the prescription drug treats or what position oh, wow. and team that guy's on. It's a good game. I'm just gonna sweep the nation. Well, I, I, I actually do love that. I like it. Good idea. Okay. What, 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 do you want to go for the extra point there? He plays for the Stars, and he's a forward. I know he's a forward, right? Too good. You're too good, Mikey yeah. Meatballs. All right, listen. Good times, uh, Eddie Spaghetti, Mikey Meatballs, Kevin Hench. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you betting along with us at FanDuel.com slash minus three. Download, subscribe, spreading the good word to your pals, and uh, we'll be back after the weekend to break it all down and look ahead to the playoffs in the NBA, NHL, and otherwise. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice ahead. <laughs>